everybody. Welcome back to Sex, Drugs, and the Epigenome. Here with Dr. Seeds. Thank you again, Doc, for joining us on the road. You're at the airport right now, right? I'm on the airport, and you better not make me late for my flight, or I'm in big trouble because it's hard <laughs> go, going cross country. Oh my. Well, I do appreciate you joining me from your travels and uh, really excited about today's episode. Um, it's definitely a top health concern and one that I think um, parents, parents and people coping with this feel very stuck, feel like they have to cope with it. And maybe, maybe there is some truth to that. But today's topic is all about autism. Um, autism, not only in, in children, but the, the adults that are, that are dealing with it. Um, we're going to talk about that, what's happening on the science side, what's happening on the health side, and some of the things that Dr. Seeds does when he treats patients with autism. But before we do, I would just like to let you know that this is not meant to be a prescription or diagnosis in any case. This is purely for informational and educational purposes only. If you do have any questions about your particular case, please always make sure to go with your physician, talk to your physician directly, um, maybe about some of the things that you've heard here, but that's all that it serves as. Also, we would love for you to read Dr. Seeds' book called Peptide Protocols, Volume 1. It's doing incredibly well. You can get it right now on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble. Um, go check it out because there is a section about mental health in that that will probably blow your mind just a little bit. Um, if not, get your creative juices flowing so you'll send us some additional questions. Um, the place that you're gonna send those questions to is info at seeds.md. So please make sure to email us if you do have anything that's buzzing around in your brain. But Doc, let's jump right in before I make you late um, about autism. Um, I'd love for us to start first with the, the first diagnosis of autism. Like how does, how does this develop? Is this something that has to do with genetics? And if not, then, then what's going on here? Wow, okay. This is a lot to hit me before getting on an airplane, Karen. Um, <laughs> so autism, as you know, I mean, it's a very, it's a huge topic and I, I'll, I won't do it justice here in the short run, but I think I can, I think I can narrow this down to just some, some, some talking points that I think are, are relevant of in where I think this, the field is heading and in the direction of where we're seeing, where I think this is a progression of genetics and environmental factors that are having an influence um, early on in uh, from a maternal effect so when we're talking about autism my beliefs are and, and i think this bodes in the literature presently and is becoming more we're looking more at chromatin markers uh, methylation markers that are changing and, and that we're able to study now in the development of neurons um, that have occurred in the autism spectrum disorders. And where now we've, in the past, we haven't been able to look at these things because we can't, we couldn't mimic the system of how the, the neuron develops in what we would suspect to be an autistic kind of position of the brain. Let me back up and say, really, the research I think that's fascinating has been focused on the maternal side of early brain development. And 
with early brain development, we have found that the, sorry about the overhead speaking, um, they're saying, Dr. Seeds, get on your plane right now. Um, the early development of the brain is intricately involved with the innate immune system. And in particular, the development of the neuron and the, the, the synapses and the neuronic um, growth, the neurite growth, um, is activated by interferon gamma. Interferon gamma has an effect on the promyelocytic leukemia um, nuclear bodies, which are which which are genes that are upregulated and have an effect also on the major histocompatibility complex one. Those two factors influence the development of the neuron and the neurite and its its outgrowth and its synapses and and that is needed for for the development and this this happens the first eight uh first eight weeks um early on in neural tube development and progression and what we found this is fascinating actually what we found is that the increase of that uh, development has been um has been secondary to this progression of um, the effects of interferon from what what they suspect is like infections, um, viral infections uh, during uh, maternal gestation, and that there has been some activation of the innate immune system where it's been there's an overactivation because that's what interferon is interferon gamma is significantly activated so there is a correlation of that to inter, uh, potential maternal infections and that progression of the development of the neurite and the uh, uh, in synaptic activity and uh, and so forth so it all kind of relates back to, again, this activation of the innate immune system. And I think this is really kind of fascinating information that makes, makes significant relevant sense, again, of how what I've been always preaching about how intricate this immune system is immune system. in development. And, and we have now recognized that. And so I think there's a tremendous ground that can be gained here that I think is going to change how we are, as people get more comfortable with the use of TA1, thymus and alpha-1, and some other immune regulators of what we potentially can do, I think, to change the modulation of the immune system to protect that possibility. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of discussion in that, but, but that's, in the, that's actually what happens. Um, and so there's actually this, increased that's why there's an increased uh um cortical density there's increased neurite growth and there's an increased excitability excitation that happens with increases increasing synapses that we see in in the cortical aspect of the brain um that you see with autism so it's fascinating and it correlates well with that research and that 
that kind of gives you a premise for some possibilities of what we can do early on. And I'll, I'll give you an example. One of our, um, one of our uh, mastermind uh, students uh, had a, a young infant, three months old, that had intractable seizures that uh, they contacted me with, uh, had seen all of the people, you know, the neonatologists, the, the, all the specialists tried to treat these intractable uh, uh, seizures and, and weren't having any, any uh, weren't getting any headway with it. And I discussed, uh, 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 he asked me, he or she, I won't say who, uh, asked me about the potential use of peptides. And I, you know, based on what we just talked about in neuronal development, I, I know there's so much of the innate and the adaptive immune system in, in the development of the brain continuing. And I thought, wow, we got to modulate the brain, the immune system. We got to modulate some hyperactivity. I thought of, I was thinking about interferon. And so we dosed uh, accordingly for the three month and instantly the seizure stopped. And uh, it, it was it was incredible. And maybe this doc will chime in here uh, if they're listening uh, to bring us up to date. But uh, there was more to that and I'll, I'll bring that up later maybe. Uh, but that's just an example of, I think some, some amazing things where we, where we can go um, moving forward. So, that's the beginning. That's where I see the the presence of um, of wh where I see gen gen genetic influence and environmental influence having an influence on the maternal development early on, and that being viral or any other ways to upregulate the innate immune system in that in, in the mother. I think that's where it starts, and um, I think that's what you're going to see more of in. Uh, in the literature uh, that's that's going to continue to validate that and i think there's a pretty strong stance on that right now with what i've just described now you mentioned in our previous you know prenatal episode that um when when a woman is pregnant you actually don't prescribe them any peptides because they're at their most optimal state so you would so it almost sounds like you would prepare prepare the mother in before the pregnancy even happens so that the, the immune system is in tip-top shape. Is that is that a correct assumption? That's part of this. so that's part of my thoughts, absolutely. And then there's some of my thoughts too about you know the the safety and efficacy during that early pregnancy. I mean, you know, we've seen some we've seen some interesting. Uh, there's been some other research that's shown how TA1 can be very effective in brain development. And it is necessary for brain development in in the, the neonate. So I think there's a lot to that. Um, I like it on both sides. And, and again, that's a debate and that's theoretical right now. Uh, but again, I'm bringing you thoughts and ideas of things that I, I think are going to be relevant in the future. And um, and I've been, you know, I, I, we've been fortunate to help some younger people early on. I do think this is something in the future, though, that we're going to be using on the maternal side because I, I don't see a downside from my perspective at this point with as long as I've been working with these peptides, um, in particular in this fashion uh, of just trying to keep the 
maternal immune system at its optimum in modulation uh, so that we don't get into those issues. And, and that's my concern right now, you know, right now with COVID uh, is, are, are we going to see an increase in, um, in, in potentially that, that scenario later on, you know, with uh, increased autistic births, secondary wow. to the viral stuff. Wow. That's a, again, fa fascinating, fascinating stuff coming out of like what is being researched right now. Earlier when we first started this conversation, Doc, you mentioned also that there are some environmental factors. Um, what are some of those environmental factors that, that um, build Let's up? Any, yeah, that's just a multitude of things that, you know, we've mm -hmm. talked about before just with that can up, that, that are going to affect the mother as far as just upregulation of the innate immune system. Uh, you know, it, it can be, uh, uh, it can be pollutants uh, in the water, it can be pollutants in the air, um, you know, it can be metal, you know, there's issues with um, increased uh, validium and uh, other type of toxic metals uh, that are potentially problems in, in inner cities, uh, like, you know, if you live in New York or Philadelphia or LA, um, where you, you, you've got to have a, I think you've you got to be thinking about chelating type of uh, peptides to be working on um, reducing the environmental aspects of what that can, you know, what can happen there. Oh, geez. <laughs> These are scary times we live in. Talk. Well, yeah, very but, cool. But, uh, I think, but, I, but I think it's knowledge is power with all of this. I mean, absolutely. The more, the more information you have, the more you can handle this. Absolutely. Uh, so is there any sort of way that, that, um, that mothers can test for this kind of stuff? No. No. Wow. Wow. So it's 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 almost just a okay when 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 it happens, there's no way to test it. But but um, is what can be done? You know, if it's coming out, if they decide, if they if they find out that their child is on the autistic spectrum, like what what can be done on that front? Well, that's a okay. That's another whole series of you know in our courses and in our lecture series. We spend a lot of time talking about different avenues and venues of, of treatment protocols that are really working on a multitude of aspects uh, because they have GI issues and, um, you know, uh, of course, brain issues and um, uh, so and sleep sleep disorders, um, a lot of things that can happen. But I, I think, again just trying to condense it down and make it into something that's viable for today. Uh, this is where, um, this is where a simple uh, understanding some of the, some of the things you've had around for a long time and some double blind placebo studies that have been done in 2002, I believe there was one done and just recently one in 2018, just using L-carnosine which is a dipeptide, a beta alanine combination with L-histidine. They're two, they're, they're the dipeptides. Well, there's the, they've shown improved autistic scores. I mean, this is something that I find interesting that this is a study one done in 2002 and then people lost sight of the fact that you had this dipeptide that had, had a significant influence on, um, on improvement in, in uh, the autistic spectrum uh, on rating scales of uh, speech and uh, social uh, interaction, 
Um, and in fact, in the 2018 study that was done, you know, the first study was done 800 milligrams a day. The second one was 500 milligrams a day. And they were able to show even improved sleep, which is a really an, an, an issue, um, again, uh, in, in autistic kids. So that, that's just a basic a dipeptide that I have found um, and worked with other, you know, through our IPS and through this, through the SSRP with the continued membership of where we have quite a few docs that are working specifically with autism and L-carnosine is their go-to It's their go-to supplement dipeptide because it doesn't have to be prescribed. That in combination with, um, we've talked before about the utilization of bicarb and that has more to do with when they have their, um, when some of the kids have some of their outbursts and so forth and we, we kind of believe that may be more GI related and mast cell related, but uh, we found that within 20 minutes and uh, Jack Spar has talked about this, uh, Dr. Spar, uh, in utilizing just uh, uh, Alka-Seltzer Gold, one tablet and in 20 minutes, he's able to have a significant improvement in control of the oh. that hyperexcitability aspect. And that has to do with many aspects of, uh, of of um, bicarb and you know the cholinergic anti-inflammatory pathway and its effect on the uh, nicotinic um, uh, uh, receptor on the macrophage for the the phase changes and mast cell. But getting back to the the antioxidant aspects of the of the uh, L-carnosine. Again, this has to do with what we think is the hyperexcitability issues and the increased oxidative state and the fact that these, you know, the neuronal cells, as I, as I indicated earlier on some other question, um, this is important to understand that, that you've got a lot of unsaturated fats that are around these neurons, the neural membranes. And they are very, they're vulnerable to these, um, to lipid peroxides such as carbonylized proteins that are, are are misfolded proteins that happen with increased oxidative states and so you're getting this you're you're getting this breakdown of this lipid membrane and you're getting more act uh, lipid peroxidation which is significant in the brain and um, L-carnitine can act directly, it can buffer, and it can act directly on improving the antioxidant aspects of superoxide desmentase and uh, glutathione, glutathione peroxidase. Um, and um, there's some other, some other interesting aspects of, 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 of that, but I think just to give you just a simple synopsis, you've got a couple things there that you can readily address with no toxicities, um, you're also going to improve the utilization of glucose at the same time in the brain. That's fast. You know, that's that's another problem they have is the utilization of glucose and the the breakdown in that lactate shuttle. And so, I think it's uh, it, it's just I don't know why people have lost sight of those studies. And I I think it it. it and again, it's been studied and shown to show improvement. And then all the guys that I've worked with utilizing it can't say enough about it. So that's a great starting point. Really cool. Um, so I think that gives you kind of an idea um, of, of 
just an, an initial approach and jump right in where that, you know, L-carnosine is a supplement, right? It's a dipeptide that's a supplement, which is incredible. And you get it and on got, Amazon. Yeah. That's so many, it's got so much in, I think is an importance in, and as an antioxidant, as a buffering agent, as a mitochondrial efficiency agent, as a, it reduces neuronal apoptosis. Um, yeah, it's fascinating what you can do with that. And um, so that's where I would start. Wow. Um, so every time I hear you talk about, you know, utiliz utilization of glucose, you know, to optimize fashion, what comes to mind is always the ketone ester. And I have to say that in that ketone ester paper, you talk about how this is an effective treatment for, for COVID-19 patients, but and, and that's all related to the immune system. I almost think this is related in that way. So w would the ketone ester be like overkill in this case or, or w would it be an interesting study? No, so I've, been, I've had that, it's, it's really interesting you bring this up. I've been able to work with a couple docs who've asked me that and utilize ketone esters in autism. The biggest hurdle is getting past the taste. And so you have to hide the taste in some type of juice but holy smokes, it, I think it's a, I absolutely think it's another game changer. Um, you don't have to use a lot in a, in a young person, in a child or, or young adolescent. I wouldn't be using the 10 mLs, I'd use the five, five mLs and just test it out. I mean, just you use that or test it out right before bed. That's the other thing for improved sleep because a lot of autism is, is ha, ha, you know, there are issues with sleep and, um, so I think that could be very, very helpful. Um, and boy, I wish I had more time to talk about that, but that's, um, uh, and again, that has to do with, you know, you're improving, reducing agent, NADPH, you're improving the NAD to NAD pool. You're, so you're, you're improving the ability to handle more of that oxidative excitability that's happening in the brain. Um, so I like it. One more thing that you mentioned earlier, you said that the L-carnosine helps to reduce the neuronal apoptosis. Uh, so would this be an agent for like controlling senescence in that way? Because you, you talk about that all the time in your masterminds. Yeah, it's, it's not, so it is, it's, 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 a, it's a synomodulator because yeah. it's, gonna, it's gonna decrease the production of interleukin-1 beta and. Um, it's going to modulate more nitric oxide, the uncoupling aspects of nitric oxide, and it's going to regulate it better in the brain because that's another issue that goes awry in the brain. Um, so yeah, from that side of it, it is, but it's not going to be a direct synolytic. Um, yeah. But it, it, it's going to protect this. It, it's going to give the cell the ability, again, to improve its own apoptosis. Or, or, uh, autophagy and stop apoptosis. So it's a, it's a modulator, synomodulator. I see. So, so I, I, I'm going to let you go, doc. I know that you have to, you have to hit the road soon. Uh, but it, it kind of comes down. If I were to just, um, put a simple conclusion to this, this, Karen, I got to go of the iceberg. Um, would it be, <laughs> you want to, you want to affect what's happening in the brain and also the GI. Those Absolutely. two things are what I'm what I'm yeah. hearing, and then for the mothers, it's the immune system. Yeah, and the GI, I didn't really jump into that yeah. much. I just kind of gave us some early up on aspects of what what can be done. But the, on the other side of it, the ketone ester really helps on the GI side of it too. Uh, there's so much to it that we can't give it due justice here. 
And we may, I may be talking a little bit about that too in, in Mastermind too, in our, in our uh, neurodegenerative uh, uh, and the basics of uh, uh, neuron development. Uh, I, I think there's a section where I bring up a little bit of this. Well, awesome. Well, Doc, I will let you go. This is just like, like I mentioned, the tip of the iceberg of the types of conversations that we hope to have with more time in the future. Folks, please send us your questions. I hope this is this has started to butter some up. Um, thank you, Dr. Seeds, for joining us. And don't forget, Dr. Seeds has this podcast up on his YouTube channel. Simply search for sex, drugs, and epigenome, and you'll see us right over there. Doc, thank you for joining us. I'm going to let you go. Have a all right, great Karen, I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll be messaging you on the plane, all right? <laughs> awesome. Thank you, everyone, for joining. See you again next week. Bye, Karen. Bye. Bye, everybody.